Welcome to Safety Bites, a weekly podcast on all things related to workplace safety, hosted by me, Jason Schaffenbuhl. The thoughts expressed in this podcast are based upon my opinion and general best practices, which may not apply to all listeners. Always consult with a qualified professional before making any changes in your organization. In my 29th podcast, released on March 31st, I talked about consensus standards and what they are. And previously, in the podcast on the General Duty Clause, Podcast 20 and 21, released on February 4th and 11th, 2020, I briefly mentioned one way OSHA can use consensus standards. In this podcast, I will expand on the use and talk about two other ways OSHA uses consensus standards to create safer workplaces. First, consensus standards form the basis of OSHA regulation. When OSHA was first established in the early 1970s, OSHA was given the ability to take portions of consensus standards that were in place at that time to form the beginning of OSHA standards. Legislatures realized that it would take decades if OSHA had to follow the established process for writing new standards, so a limited period of time was provided for OSHA to simply adopt consensus standards. Many of those standards were written in the late 1950s to the 60s and are still in place today. For example, OSHA still enforces the 1957 version of B20.1, the safety code for conveyors, cableways, and related equipment. I'm sure technological changes since then could create a safer workplace. Why is OSHA using such old regulations? Because the process that OSHA has to follow to create or modify existing standards is so onerous. Currently, the time from when OSHA indicates an intent to develop a new standard to the time the standard release generally takes 15 to 20 years. Even if OSHA simply wants to modify an existing regulation, it can take more than a decade. So, the first way OSHA uses consensus standards is a foundation for OSHA regulations. Another way that OSHA used consensus standards was through incorporation. When OSHA was created, if an entire consensus standard was suitable for employee safety, OSHA was able to simply incorporate the entire standard into law. Incorporation means OSHA simply lists the title of the consensus standards that employers must comply with and doesn't include the actual text of the standards and OSHA's requirements. If you look at 29 CFR 1910-6, the name even makes my point. It's called Incorporation by Reference, and you'll see a list of approximately 110 consensus standards which employers must comply with. One such example is the 1968 edition of the American Society of Agricultural Engineers S276.2 standard on the emblem for identifying slow-moving vehicles. Yes, that orange and red triangular sign on the back of farm tractors and other slow-moving vehicles is required by this consensus standard OSHA has incorporated by reference. Another example is the 1965 version of CGA, that's the Compressed Gas Association, P1, or Pamphlet 1, on the safe handling of compressed gases. The requirement to not lift compressed gas cylinders by their caps is located here, as well as many other compressed gas handling requirements. Not in any actual OSHA regulation, but in the incorporated by reference section. So there are more than 100 other requirements that may apply to your business that are not openly published. The third way OSHA can enforce consensus standards is through the General Duty Clause, which I covered in two other podcasts. Through OSHA's General Duty Clause, OSHA can cite businesses when recognized hazards are present in the workplace that are likely cause death or serious physical injury. One common way for OSHA to prove that an employer should have known about a hazard is through the use of consensus standards. Therefore, if you have a hazard present in the workplace that is addressed by a consensus standard, the hazard is recognized and you need to mitigate the hazard to prevent the potential for serious employee injury. I'm sure after listening to this podcast, 
You are wondering how you can learn more about consensus standards that apply to your organization. That actually may be the hardest part of attempting to comply with consensus standards. The vast majority are not available for free and can cost quite a bit of money to purchase. In addition, there is no directory of all safety consensus standards or what they cover. So, what should you do? I would encourage you to determine if there are any industry associations that your business belongs to or can join. These associations can be a great reference. Also, talk to equipment manufacturers. They will often share pertinent sections or requirements from the consensus standards with you. But because these standards are not public documents and are subject to copyright laws, do not expect them to give you a copy of an entire standard. Lastly, you can speak with your insurance company's loss control representative and they may be able to provide you with additional guidance. However, they may not be aware of all the consensus standards applicable to your business. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and will join me next week. Until then, please make time each day to create a safer workplace.